0: Hi there, welcome to Odd Splice, a podcast about movies and other things. I'm your host, and my name is Josh. This is the first episode I've put out in quite a while, so I thought it would be good to get back to basics. No gimmicks or fancy formats, just a good conversation about a good movie with a good friend. This episode, my guest is journalist, podcaster, and Los Angeles native Nicholas Slayton. We talked about director David Robert Mitchell's 2018 film Under the Silver Lake. Enjoy the show. Nick, you're here. We're we're talking under the Silver Lake. And you're uh you're an actual LA resident, so I need your I need your input on this because it is under the Silver Lake. I, I actually thought of a question I wanted to ask you. I don't know, this might be a little expansive, but no, what does Silver Lake mean to you?
1: It's it's kinda of like Brooklyn if you're a New York person or you've been in the East Coast. It it's one of those like loaded places. Um you know, disclosure, I live in the, like, the greater Silver Lake area, uh, not into Silver Lake Park, but adjacent. And I moved slowly closer there. Silver Lake is one of those historic sites. It used to be, as they say in the movie, a neighborhood called Edendale. It was this big uh, area that had a lot of early sound film studios. There was, you, know, you can still see the Edendale uh, Public Library, Post Office, that's all there. And eventually became three different neighborhoods of Echo Park, Silver Lake, and Los Feliz. And there was a point right after recession, and it peaked around 2011-2012, where Silver Lake became synonymous with hipster. It was the LA hipster site. It was Williamsburg. It was basically, you want to go see the people with mustaches and the flannel, buying the high-end coffee at, you know, Intelligentsia, which is right there at the Sunset Junction of Silver Lake and Sunset. It's fair, but Silver Sun pickups, you know, got their name from both Silver Sun liquor. It's that same intersection, or roughly. Um It was such like you could say, Oh, a guy's from Silver like we're going to Silver." like it, it was loaded with that seamster hipster vibe. And it's kind of passed since then it was like peak gentrification. You know, now gentrification has moved now into East LA, Boyle Heights, El Sereno with all its own of our issues, but it was one of the first signs of a post-recession new version of yuppie vibes. And, and so under there's like, even though it was like, you know, came out in 2019, it's set in 2011, 2012. It was in that period. Why if I height of that, that craze?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I, um, so I watched the movie today and I read, uh, there's on on Mubi there's a really good like short interview with uh David Robert Mitchell um and yeah you said that like it's 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 supposed to be a period piece of just yeah high silver lake 2011 when everything was happening um and i found that yeah that's really interesting um there's there's another aspect that's kind of interesting and i think kind of a Uh, something to kind of mirror the proceedings here. But, you know, David Robert Mitchell himself is a, is a Midwesterner, you know, he's from suburban Detroit, (laughs) you know, and was like a a later in life transplant to LA. Um, So I kind of, I kind of appreciate his take on it. Uh, Like I I haven't been to LA much, but I've, I've visited um, like a few times. I've been there Uh, and there's something about this movie that sort of irreducibly feels like, you know, a Midwesterner coming to LA for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just,
1: uh. I could do that.
0: It's, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it, I think it simulates the overwhelmingness or it, it, so the, uh, I don't know, the fundamental alienness of it.
1: That's, that's totally an element of it. I mean, like, you, you've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, right?
0: Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's that all bit the where,
1: you know, Robert Downey Jr. is, like, high on pain meds and rants about how, you know, it's like the East Coast, like, shook itself out and all the fucks are people ended up in L.A. It's it's kind of that. And, I mean, I'm, I'm from the L.A. area. I'm from Long Beach, originally. I was born here, spent a lot of time in Metro Atlanta, moved back to L.A., all around after college for work stuff and then moved back to L.A. about seven years ago. Like, I've sort of like I'm a I'm a native, but I'm also a, I've come back and sort of had to re-experience this stuff. But it's, it's weird. Like it definitely has sort of that like because the main character is never named, but his name is Sam according to the script. You know Andrew Garfield. He is sort of the outsider who came to LA. Never said what he does. It's kind of clear who conducts that he's an actor. You No, he's constantly asked what he is for work. Um, he didn't make it. He's in struggling. He's just trying to by, and you sort of see that. But like for an outsider, you know, David Robert Mitchell, uh like this is such like a LA native pet peeve. But a lot of movies always get geography wrong. And like okay, if you yeah. watch *Invisible*, like as an Angelino, it's mostly 100 percent accurate. Like you can take the exact routes he takes to get to and from places. Like starts off in Los Feliz, drives down Griffith Park, and then through Sunset, and then she ends up at Echo Park uh, Lake. we have done that drive like a dozen times it's it's accurate, oh man, that rocks, yeah, like, all the locations aren't like there's a few like landmark type places, but not like nothing like internationally landmark, but like local landmarks, but enough it still feels very like, oh, if you know of a place you know of a place, kind of vibe,
0: yeah, that's sick, like as a yeah, as a non native that's something i I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, wouldn't pick up on, but uh, yeah, that's kind of a rare feat in movies to kinda uh.
1: Right, replicate the geography. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's such a strange movie. Like, you know, it, it's it's funny. I, I don't know if you know. It's like the film had like the smallest release possible of like almost no marketing, even though it's an H twenty four film. Yeah,
0: I remember seeing like a few trailers for it. Um, but yeah, as far as the theatrical release, it kind of kind of came and went.
1: Yeah, uh, and like, it, was, uh, it was it was at Con, I think, and like didn't do well. And it was, like, an initial trailer, and then after that kind of disappeared for a while, they pushed it back, and then I was... I saw it was, like, a for one week only, it was going to be at the Arclight, which was a famous movie chain it was no longer here in L.A. i I rushed to see it, but, like, A24, you know, they get all the acclaim, they do all these great movies, but they, they ditched this film fast. It was, like, on streaming within a month. Wow, yeah, that's quick. And it was, like, David follow up to it follows. That was not meant to be a pun, but, like... Yeah, there was a lot of. Hi- there should have been a lot of high twists. Andrew Garfield had done barely any movies since Spider Man. You know, it was like it was around that time we were seeing a lot of like wanna de- wanna be modern and Big Lebowski type movies. Like you know, the LA noir, but it's also like not '40s, kind of weird. Like you know, Inherent Vice came out at the same time. Like it should have been a bigger thing, but no, it got it got Yeah, which is a shame because the movie is awesome. I love this movie. It's like yeah, yeah. I saw it three years ago and my my thought of it is like I'm still not sure if it's like a messy but genius film or if it's just pretentious nonsense. I've seen it like four times. I still don't know.
0: I think that's kind of where I can come in, because I had I, I've this this movie has kind of been with me in in uh in my life in kind of an interesting way. Like I, I watched it this morning and the first time I watched it uh, was pretty early on in the pandemic and kind of coincided slash maybe instigated a very, uh, long and deep dive into sort of conspiracy thinking, (laughs) um, or like, uh, you know, some, some, like maybe an embrace of, of some elements of like the conspiratainment, uh, uh sector of the media so not quite coast to coast am but definitely some podcasts adjacent to it and was kind of kind of entertaining some cranks for a while went through that and then i'm like uh i don't know i guess in a more rational mode um but i yeah watched it again uh this morning um i don't know so i feel like i mirrored uh sam's journey in the film in in some ways or like kind of uh, cause the first time you're, you're just obsessed with the mystery. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think the mystery makes, cause that's the weird thing about it. You get all the answers. Like he, it, it works out, but then it doesn't work out. Like it's almost an overload of information.
1: Um, oh, this is know. a movie that you have to watch. Like, have you ever seen the Reddit for subreddit for it? <laughs>
0: no no i i uh in i the other piece i read about it uh was in bright wall dark room and there was i was going was to mention a, that piece it was mention yeah, so
1: that is one of the best articles oh, i've it's... ever seen i'm not sure i agree it's... with every part of it but it's so good that that article
0: yeah it's a uh right it's a great analysis and sort of like you know excavation of um of stuff uh I don't know where am I going? but yeah the uh, that first time you're very obsessed with the mystery and like I just didn't care about Sam himself and uh you know this time I I was sort of hyper focused on Sam and then you just realize you don't you follow this movie and you feel like you have a handle on his identity but like he, he's just sort of a black hole you don't know that much about him and yet you spend he's on screen the whole runtime
1: yeah I mean, I, I mentioned yeah. him being an address like that's inference or projection, maybe. You know, it, it's it's also funny. Um, like, you know, very few characters actually named in the movie. You have like Jefferson, Millicent, Severance. You have Sarah, um, Alan, his friend, who's played by the wonderful Jimmy Simpson. And like a lot of everyone else is just like bar buddy, comic guy, you know, blonde, this and that, singer. It's 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 such a weird movie. Like. Identity isn't really a thing as so much as, like, action and character. And I don't... I'm not sure if... I mean... Like, okay. Like it or hate it, I feel like no one can say this movie is half-assed. Because, like, you get all the answers, sure. A lot of stuff is still unclear. But, like... David Mitchell, like... Everything is thought out. The, you know, the background stuff. Like, I mentioned the Reddit because... there was like, a whole bunch of, like, codes in the movie... Things that match up, like in cryptography, and like, in the subreddit, there's this whole thing, I'm not saying I agree with everything in that subreddit, but like, it leads to allegedly a set of coordinates somewhere in the desert, I don't know if anyone's been out there, I'm not. I'm afraid to find out what's out there, but like, he fought this whole thing out, he shot things very deliberately, the whole movie, from a time and a place for locations, like there's a point to everything, and right, it terrifies yeah. me, that thought out. Should I should ask, have you, have you, in your introduction, you talked like the rough premise of a movie at all? or
0: What was it? Uh, no.
1: I, should, I we, should we really... <laughs> actually say what this film was vaguely about?
0: Okay, so Under the Silver Lake, uh, 2018 Los Angeles noir film uh, direct, directed by David Robert Mitchell um, starring Andrew Garfield. Uh, a kind of shitty white dude uh, In Silver yeah. Lake in 2012? yep in silver lake in twenty twelve gets obsessed with his neighbor uh doesn't qu- like hangs out with her for an evening but doesn't sleep with her and then they kind of sort of make plans to hang out the next day and the next day her apartment's gone or like her apartment's empty she's gone without a trace and there's some there's a bizarre symbol uh on the wall of her bedroom um and he it says uh, stay
1: quiet or keep out
0: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And it turns out it's uh it's it's hobo code,
1: um, as we all mm-hmm. know from, from Mad Men. Um And this all eventually ties into the disappearance of a like universally well known, respected billionaire, uh an endless trio of women, a band called Jesus and the Brides of Dracula, Egyptian mythology, quote unquote the East Side, which is not actually the East Side, which I'll get into later, um, you know, hidden codes in cereal boxes and uh possibly a supernatural creature called the owl's kiss
0: yeah it um and it's it's a really yeah interesting play on the on the sort of la noir thing um it's it's very familiar and it's not i mean our our protagonist is supposed to he's supposed to evoke you know the dude or doc sportello or um, I mean, his
1: name's Sam, Sam Spade, you know? Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's a noir hero, but the, the, you know, instead of having any particular insight, he's just a sort of uh, mediocre white
1: man who who believes he's special. Um, yeah, which is and, kind of one of those scenes in the movie where it's like, I was talking about how well-constructed and how well thought out this movie is. Like, at two different points in the movie, they say, essentially, stop trying to find some hidden answer, some greater meaning, focus on yourself. And, you know, Sam's journey and also the spoiler of the billionaires who are, like, entombing themselves in Egyptian-style tombs to ascend to a higher life. They're trying to find some greater meaning and some higher purpose, even though they're living, like, the lap of luxury. The whole movie's saying, no, just, like, working on yourself, enjoy life, get over your ex. And at the same time, it has one of those, like, detailed, thought out conspiracies, coded messages, mystery things. Like, everything is thought out.
0: Yeah, because cause he suspects there's a grand conspiracy and there is a grand conspiracy and all of the clues can uh, coincide with his own particular pop cultural obsessions. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so he gets to crack the... It's like uh, it's like Ready Player One if it were honest.
1: Oh, with itself. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good comparison. Like, yeah, oh my god, I didn't even consider that
0: i don't i I, actually good that's 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 off the cuff i didn't uh that i'm good anyway um but yeah i i I thought it was a very interesting kind of like uh yeah kind of interrogation of of that because like we were mentioning or you um we talked about how you know the how botched the rollout and the promo was for it um like It was kind of critically reviled when it came out because people seemed to read it as uh, as celebrating the mediocre white man. And uh, even in that that um, notebook interview, David Robert Mitchell is like, "Did you watch the drone scene? I think I think I said everything I needed to say in that shot. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, that's one of those scenes with. uh, I mean, I love it. Uh, um, Yeah, it's it's one of those scenes with with, yeah Topher Grace uh, as the bar friend. Um and that uh that bright wall dark room piece is you know he seems to show up and just explain the themes of the movie, so he'll just like <laughs> you know talk about yeah. how digital culture is driving
1: us all insane uh, And even he's saying like he just got like stop looking for answers like yeah which, I mean it's fun to say it's like I was talking about how you know twenty eleven twenty twelve server so like like is a certain it was a certain identity, right, and like he's the guy with the beard, a hat. And also he's drinking PBRs and he's in Silver Lake, like he is that trope, you know, he is that, that archetype and yet he's the one who's saying, No man, just get over some shit. But he's also horribly voyeuristic and misogynistic. Like Yeah. There's um <laughs> there's that wonderful scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie when when Sam follows the girls down to a, a rooftop bar rooftop party in the pool. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, in, in Purgatory where Jesus Purgatory. Jesus rides a Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> and like the location is the standard which is like it just shut down i want to say a year ago but it was like one of the hot spots in downtown la it was like you're rich finance bros party there it was like one of the locations of kiss kiss bang bang it's like you've seen this location but like they set up this like purgatory party when sam shows up these women with like holding pins stuck in cherry pin cushions are there mrs poet who's saying and i actually stopped really to really listen to the sign she's like all these holy trinities of women thriving like plants under the heat of a city's male gaze. Like the tree of women thing is a reoccurring motif, but like that bit about like, you know, the city's male gaze, like every man in this movie is a pervert. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, right. Everybody's, everybody's trying to, you know, can Right. These women are to be consumed, (laughs) uh, for the most part. Um, that that scene with with shooting stars, so the like sydney sweeney and the, who's the other other woman who are hanging out with the pirate on hitchcock's oh, grave yeah. while they're watching david- Wa- Robert mitchell that that's his debut movie that's being produced that of a right? myth
1: of the American sleepover, and they reshot that scene to feature the actors
0: Inter- okay so it was a re- they reshot a scene interesting that's
1: fascinating yeah. and I want to say that yeah um you know um the actor the Actually, since I kind was on of binary, so I don't want to miss Genderland. But the one who plays the uh, short redhead one, who should have been Sam's place later, is credited just as Shooting Star Number One. Like no one in this movie, except like a few people, have actual names. Right? Yeah, they're just they're just types.
0: They're just they're sort of stock characters. They're they're scenery. But like when he later calls the the escort service, and it's just that like you know you want a fucking it girl. It's
1: it's easy, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and I just I'm glad you said it girl because. Jesus Jesus and the bride of who has the, the private show at the, uh, the ma- uh mausoleum in Hollywood Forever Cemetery, is credited solely as Clara Bow bride. She looks like the late actress Clara Bow, who was the first it girl in Hollywood in the silent era and talkie era. Interesting. Like wow. the film has an interesting thing about yeah. like Sam's apartments littered with post-war movies. You know, uh, Sarah is watching How to Marry a Millionaire, which features a trio of women trying to marry a millionaire, which Kind of thematically important to the movie, right? Right, um, yeah. And she has, like, the doll set up as well. And then all those trios are women, you know. There's the trio who Sam follows. There's a the trio that Sarah's a part of. And Sam gets his own group with, like, the two shooting stars and the balloon girl. It's, like, all... There's a free, bl- free brides and re- Jesus and the Brides of Dracula. Like, it all... Like, it rhymes. It's like a motif. It's the whole thing. And I, I'm not sure what I'm going, but I just had to point it out. Because it's, like, this weird... Thing just keeps coming up and up.
0: Yeah, it's that right. These these repeating patterns, these synchronicities, and right, he, he's it, it, all building to this con- crescendo that it it must surely it must mean something. And then the nightmare of it is that it all does mean something. Like that, <laughs> you know, he gets all the answers, he gets everything he ever wanted,
1: and he still gets kicked out of his apartment. You know, I actually think that in a positive way because. The whole movie is like dealing with these whole like systems of power, right? Like, you know, you have the billionaires at the top of this whole thing. You get the secret codes, who get, you know, theoretically to go into their tombs and send, you know, um, <laughs> what, what, what's the line in in Tenet? You know, buried in a tomb like an anonymous Egyptian builder. Um, you know, they all get those moments, and then you know, there's the unhoused people, the homeless population in Los Angeles, which is a real issue, and Sam constantly, like, looks down on them, and then he finds like, no, I'm just gonna break the cycle. Like, you know, if there's a homeless king in the movie. He shows up twice. He's the homeless king. He wears a crown. Yeah. And it's like, cool, you have a homeless king. You're still homeless, and you're working for the billionaires. Like, it's not like the main part of the movie is like this entrenched, you know, syst- structural system that Sam, I guess, decides to leave. He's like, no, I'm just gonna leave the system at the end. That's how I read it, on my most recent viewing, at least. Right. Interesting. I sound like I'm drugged out of my mind.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's I, this is kind of what this movie does to you because, like, it, like, yeah, that bright wall dark room piece, like, it's 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 also the process of going mad. It's in it's in like, the movie is dreaming itself in some ways. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's it, it's interesting that you read the ending as optimistic because it's like it's certainly like the story comes to an end and there's definitely a sense that he's he's safe. He's safe from the consequences, again, you know?
1: He he squeaks by, uh... Yeah, I'm not really sure if this is really a set for it, but I, I want to mention it was like right now, I was writing down a bunch of notes when I was watching it this last time. And I know you wanted to talk sort of the L.A. thing, and I mentioned sort of, like, what SoBlake was and is sort of seen as. Like, aside from the noir traditions of Los Angeles as a setting, even though, you know, a lot of noir films were San Francisco and New York, but like, L.A. is sort of seen as a noir city. There's a certain element to LA history that I think lends itself to be more like occult and supernatural elements in this movie. Like, there's a huge yeah. supernatural and occult history in LA. Um, you know, so let's let's sort of go back nationwide, like maybe like worldwide, really, like a hundred and ten years ago, like early 1910s. There was that huge craze oh, on, yeah. like, on, oh, on yeah. Egypt no, yeah, because the was... discovery of King Tut.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, you go to, like, any major city, there's an Egyptian theater, right? There's always, like, some, like, Egyptian theater. But there is a major, well-known Egyptian theater in Hollywood that still stands. I think it just got bought by Netflix, I believe, was the studio that bought it. Which is a whole scandal here in L.A. But, like, you know, there's your sort of Egyptian mythology thing of, like, especially that, you know, basically the Owl's Kiss is tied to... The Owl's Kiss would getting into a whole thing. It's like, you know, the, uh, the actress, Ricky Lindholm's actress mentions, you know, into a cult about trade and finance. Where's the rich people? Which trade and finance 110 years ago, Egyptology, all that stuff. Boom. But like, you know, even religion, even like the Jesus saves, you know, sign behind Jesus and Brides of Dracula. Like, again, yeah, people might think godless LA, but like evangelism was huge here. You know, Sister Mary, uh, sorry, what? Sister, oh my God, Sister Amy McPherson, Amy Sample McPherson. Amy Sample McPherson what was this, like, well-known, like, you know, star. She would do, like, these, like, Hollywood-style sermons on the radio and in person in what is now Silver Lake and Edendale and and Echo Park. Like, she was a known person for that. You know, and then you have also more modern mysticism, like, Laurel Canyon, the cults of the 60s and 70s. You know, but when they go into, to find the, quote-unquote, final man, the free brides in that hut, like, the Hollywood Hills are known for their, like, weird hippie mysticism shit. like. They go to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery to watch the movie, and that place is full of like weird tombs. Like, LA is so the place to do that kind of story. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. No. Uh,
1: I'm not saying LA is no, haunted, but LA is like there's probably yeah. some, like weird like runes everywhere. They could probably like start the apocalypse.
0: No. Yeah. It's it, right. You bring up the the Laurel Canyon scene. That's also. Uh... <sighs> uh like tom o'neill's chaos book and do a lesser uh maybe not lesser extent but like uh i think a david mcgowan's work what he did he did like yeah he has a book on laurel canyon and like uh intelligence agencies like it was just like LA's has just been an epicenter for like high and low weirdness for, yeah, its its entire existence. And, like, I mean, even to modern days, like, I mean, I don't think people understand how influential, like, Orange County evangelicals are. Like, that's a whole flavor
1: of fucked-up Christianity over there. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. And, like, like, you say Orange County, people of a certain age, like our age, might think, oh, a VOC, cool. But, like, yeah, no, there's there's a whole lot of weird stuff out of there. Like, you know, just, yeah, any any, like, when people think of L.A., they think of, like, Hollywood and Sunset Strip, or they think of, like, you know, Compton, street gangs, as an that, but, like, you know, it, it's funny, even, like, even in L.A., there's, like, this whole perception of what is L.A., you know, and it's always, like, who perceives it this way, right? People living in, like, East L.A. or South L.A., they're in L.A. But, um, it, just gets, thrown around, it gets thrown around in the movie, you know, the, the East Side. They call oh, Jesus and the Brides of Dracula the saviors of the East Side. East side there is Silver Lake, especially in Echo Park. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, the former Edendale neighborhood. Uh, there was a whole controversy in Los Angeles from like around the 2011, 20, to like 2014, 2015 period of like these places calling itself the east side because historically the east side is east of the LA River, which is much farther to the east. West side is west of the four or five freeway. Like downtown Los Angeles, which is just the center hub of the freeways and the transit and all this other stuff, is to the east of the quote-unquote east side. And there was a point in 2014, I want to say, 2013, 2014, where the Silver Lake Neighborhood Council had to issue a statement saying, no, we are not the east side. So it's like these, it's these like internal myths about what is the city, who are these people, you know, the 20s and 30-somethings yuppies, actors, aspiring creatives in you know, Silver Lake I have this perception of what L.A. is. And so, like, you know, Sam goes exploring to see the real hidden truth among L.A. It's like getting out of his own world. I feel like I'm on so much pot right now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do drugs. It just I, this movie like just taps into something. It's it's like
0: I know, yeah. Uh, it's something. Uh, I mean, there's there's a very intentional dreamlike quality. I mean, it's obvious. It, it's 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 referencing all this LA noir, but there's a very heavy Lynchian element. Um, uh, even I I can't I couldn't stop thinking about Southland Tales uh, in connection that with this. Movie. I have
1: not seen
0: you haven't seen um oh i i i love it
1: um a lot of people love it it's great uh it's one of those that's gotten a much bigger cult following like it gets more and more people like hyping it up as the years go on
0: yeah um because i think it uh well southland tales is like pretty overtly prophetic in a lot of ways like it uh in a weird way kind of predicted the trajectory of American life in the twenty first cent in the opening decades of the twenty first century. Like it was very much a, a a war on terror thing, but it's like, you know, it it, it presented a, a a future reality that I think has, has come to pass in some ways. Like it's it's it, it, it's not correct in the details, but it evokes the exact mood of of living in America. Um, maybe post twenty sixteen, um, oh, you know, but that it's, in the it's... Show? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, just yeah, just kind of a quick aside. Like, uh, I think yeah, David David Robert Mitchell, he has a very, I don't know, his career feels like he uh, it it mirrors Richard Kelly's in a way, I think. Um. I mean cuz he, well he had a debut feature but like you know the one he's really known for is It Follows. Everyone loves It Follows. It's the one that put him huge, on the map.
1: Huge praise about it.
0: Yeah, and that uh, that movie rocks. Like it's great. It it deserves every amount of praise it it got. It gets. Um and so the, you know people wanted, you know, it's like Kelly and Donnie Darko, you know, it you know they became both a popular a popular object that also feels like a cult object. Um and then they're kind of given carte blanche to do whatever they want next. And, uh, they both did something weird and unexpected and unique. Um, and kind of, you know, you didn't get the response they were looking for. I don't think Southland tales pro problems in that regard are mostly because it's a convoluted narrative that requires reading tie in graphic novels to really mm-hmm. understand a lot of it. But, like the movie still stands up as an aesthetic object like it 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 it, it does um but but you know this one like he uh, you know he does this big weird dreamlike la noir with you know a sort of monstrous unlikable protagonist obviously a lot of people love it we love it uh there's a subreddit devoted to it but it's still yeah, updating
1: his movie's three years old
0: but, yeah, that hasn't translated into, like, oh, we gotta get
1: David Robert Mitchell a blank check to make his next movie. Like, it didn't... Really... No, I mean, the last thing I heard about him movies making is that, you know, in, like, 2020, it was announced he was going to do a film called Heroes and Villains. Like, allegedly a superhero film. It's supposed to be a new spin on it. But, of mm-hmm. course, it's, you know... This is probably because of a pandemic where, like, you know, a lot of things get announced and, like, just disappear until it comes out. But, like, you know, there's been no updates on that. But, like, you know... Gareth Edwards was, like, there's this whole trend, you know, do a hit indie film and we get a big budget blockbuster movie. Um, What's the name of the guy? Did Chronicle had that? Gareth Edwards did, you know, he did Monsters and got Godzilla, which led to Rogue One, and then he's working on something new now, but, like, it was, like, years ago. It was, like, silent. So, I mean, that's Hollywood for you, which is, again, tying back into the Silver Lake, where you never know when you're going to get your break or not. But, like, I love that David Robert Mitchell made a movie like this that was just... So intricately, pl- like it wasn't just an, a mood, it wasn't just like a vague mystery. It was like every frame, every idea in this, you know. Like, I haven't even mentioned the fact that Jesus and Rise of Dracula, but there's an actual song, so as we record, I am wearing because I, I love this song. I have a Jesus and Rise of Dracula t shirt that I'm wearing right now. Behind me is the vinyl for their album, Turning Teeth. I love that song because, and tying it all back in again, that 2011 Silver Lake thing. The actual music was done by the Silver Sun pickups. Who all those right. quintessential Silver Lake bands. Like, they're in the movie, in the background, on the purgatory rooftop party scene. They're the ones in the red rose behind Jesus and the Brides. Everything was... And they, and they didn't write the song. they did some music clips. But, like, all the lyrics was was done by David Rod Mitchell. Like, he thought this whole thing out. And, you know, maybe it's not for you. Again, I'm not sure if this is, like, flawed genius or, like, ambitious nonsense. But, like he was going for something. Yeah. It yeah. can't be a movie like that, you know? It can't be any recently that, like, tried that.
0: Right. The sort of depth of reference and symbolism on on screen and then, I mean, it's, yeah, directly a a plot point in the movie. What if, <laughs> what if, what if the rich and powerful are, are using the stuff we see every
1: day to secretly talk to each other? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, I was talking about how the film was ultimately about, like, you know, get over your ex like, it's also like, you know, what if you like, you feel dissatisfied, dissatisfied with your life and you're trying to find for some greater meaning to, like, you know, move, to find, make yourself happy. Like, you know, like, I was thinking about when I was watching, it's like, remember in the beginning when Sam's following the girls and they stop by like a football field? Yeah. And then they end up on, like, the boats on the lake? You know, they're looking at the sign, the sign flashes 751. 751 Echo Park Avenue is the address for the boathouse at Echo Park Lake. Oh, wow. You get that what you huh. will? it's like, you know, I was seeing this again. Like, why is there a pirate running around? I mean, clearly it's Jefferson Seven, missing billionaire in a disguise. But like, you have Ricky Lindholm's actress showing up in different outfits randomly all the time. So no one bats an eye at it when a guy just up a pirate. Or it's like, yeah. I was actually going through the subreddit before I got on this call because I just wanted like, to see what people were saying. Is he was still active? And like, allegedly, you know, when when Sam and Sarah first split up before we are gonna meet up the next day, they walk outside there's all those fireworks. Allegedly, yeah. I don't read. I don't. I can't read Morse code, but like allegedly, that's Morse for saying "ISN now," which is a signal for like, "Hey, leave. Get ready to go. Hide out in a bunker, and you know, theoretically, ascend to a higher plane of existence, and or die suffocating in a bunker. Who knows?"
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it was like a. Oh, I didn't. So they're speculating that it, like, it says something specific, but like even on the rewatch, it was clear that that was like the signal,
1: right? Yeah, it was a signal. Like, it was and, clear a signal. Yeah. like I know what I was saying. So even though the film is like, you know, the film is all about like, you know, saying, get over your ex, stop trying to find greater meaning, or if you're a billionaire or you're like a struggling actor, like just live your life. But it's still raising the question, which we sort of see, like maybe this is a QAnon thing. Maybe this is just like a wider thing. We're always like trying to find some greater thing of like, you know, what if this is all fake? What if we're being lied to? It's why, you know, people like Elon Musk talk about it's a simulation, which one, if it's a simulation and we can't interact with the creator, who gives a shit? We just have to live our lives. You know, if nothing we do matters, all that matters is what we do, as they say in the show Angel. But, like, you know, Sam, Sam finds out that, hey, every great song you love was written by, like, this aged, decrepit, evil songwriter guy. Simply do codes for rich. So it's like, what do you do when you find out that everything you build your culture around is a lie? Which is, I feel like is right. a very, like, on a wider level of societal thing. we're all wondering, like, hey, are we just being misled or lied to?
0: Yeah, I've got I've got kind of a speculative read on, on this. Um Shoot, please. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I found it. Uh, I, so I, I, I think I have a bit more of a mystical bent than you do. May, maybe, a li- I'm a little, uh, a little more interested in, and, and, uh, uh, I, I guess I, I, I don't know where your stance is on, on matters of the spirit. I know you're not a virulent atheist, um, but I'm, I'm in I'm a, a diehard agnostic. Di- di- oh, agnostic. Yeah. Diehard gnostic or agnostic agnostic agnostic, agnostic. <laughs> i think you cut out just a second i'm like oh yeah uh oh yeah i'm all about agnosticism
1: um, man me and me and the the cathars no uh i'm agn i'm agnostic
0: right yeah so hell yeah way to be um uh bracketing the uh terrifying business of self-definition um hm. the second viewing of the film i i kind of i think viewed it as maybe like an esoteric journey or or something like that Like it's not so much cuz cause, cause sam like he finds out the answers to his questions but you know that recurring of thing of like you got to work on yourself you got to live your life i mean i think that's the call that's like this call to wisdom like people are like all all you need is right in front of you you need to put your own house in order before like any of this shit can really you know you know any of these answers can really mean anything to you it's not going to make sense unless you're you're taking control and taking responsibility for your own life and and it's it's Part of the what compels him, I think, is like it's it's it is his way to like ignore his own problems. It's uh, yeah, you know, he's got to unravel the grand conspiracy before he can do anything else. But
1: yeah, he's told right away, pay your rent, you're yeah. gonna be evicted in four days. But it's also like, it's that thing? It's like you can always say to somebody, and like you know, we probably experienced ourselves or our friends, like you can say, hey man, get your shit together, take care of yourself, but like it's not just like it's not easy to do, like people need like you know. Because maybe the the outside question is something that's really bothering you, and you have to answer it. So, like, you know, he gets that closure of Sarah, and it's like, okay, now I'm going to work on me. After he gets kidnapped by the Homeless King. Spoilers. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, but I mean, it's still, I, like, he still has to to really get, like, that outside answer before you can deal with yourself.
0: And I, I think I mentioned earlier that I, I felt like it mirrored my experience. Because, like, I, you know, and I watched it pretty early on in the pandemic, and then throughout the course of the pandemic got obsessed with like conspiracy thought. And then what I was telling Nick off Mike, I, I was massively depressed and, you know, employed in a horrible job for an extended period of time. And, um, you know, I just, I didn't feel like I had a lot of control on my life over my life, but I was very obsessed with like, uh, yeah, conspiracy theories. You know, I I was like pretty in on, uh, I mean, I, you know, I tried to have, Uh, you know, stay as grounded as possible. But, uh, you know, I was entertaining some more some more woo-woo out there uh, type shit that I maybe wouldn't be so enthusiastic about now. You know, being in that, it gives you the feeling of, like, oh, I'm you know, I'm 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 huffing the truth of the universe. I'm getting all the answers. Like, I, I can figure out how it all works. Meanwhile, like, I feel like I have no agency in my own life. I have no control over you know what i'm doing uh and you know i i uh this is the first podcast episode like funnily enough the last podcast episode i recorded was with nick and then never released it (laughs) Uh, as part of it it, it'll it'll see the light of day uh sooner rather than later like it's it's, it's it's a pair
1: of very upbeat movies totally
0: yeah yeah (laughs) um so i don't know it was it was uh Right, that was recorded like end of summer twenty twenty so I think I'm very interested to revisit those and release that B- beside the point um anyway like i yeah, I got obsessed with this stuff at a point in my life where I you know feel like I didn't have a lot of control and now uh uh i've I've been able to i i I lost the job I hated and I've kinda had to take responsibility for and take control of my life again uh and that's all to say, like I, I spent this second viewing very focused on Sam's uh, pain and the way his, his pain, you know, prevents him from, uh, I guess, making progress moving forward, you know, solving his more immediate problems, but you know, it's, it, it's such a vivid portrayal of how intoxicating this kind of dream logic and thinking um, can be because it's, 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 the experience of it is mastery over reality or, or, you know, mapping out reality. But more often than not, if you're obsessing over that, something's gone very wrong in your own life and, and whether or not that's in your control. Cause I mean, we're all, we're all here. Things are going very wrong, you know, and we're all just <laughs> trying to hang on. And I mean, you're going to get buffeted by the storm here and there
1: uh no agreed i mean like right. <laughs> I, I love his movie i recommend it to anyone unless they're like you know big dog lovers because unfortunately you know if there's a dog killer in the movie you don't see any dog's eye on screen but like that's a running plot thread there's
0: there's uh there's a fair amount of like animal gore if not violence towards animals but uh that's a really interesting under current like uh Right, this the Silver Lake dog killer which who was supposedly uh
1: tied influ- to a failed actor from the 20s.
0: Right, who was who who took his revenge on show dogs for having the career he never achieved. And so un- yeah, under the under the Silver Lake, the the sort of the the thwarted dreams and anger and violence that sort of undergird, you know, uh the American dream factory. Uh, and the young people that aspire to take their place in it turns out the dream is also a nightmare.
1: Uh, Who to thunk it? And if you have it all, you're never satisfied, and you know you get really into your mythology and ascend, you get free brides, and you're going to literally abandon your life of luxury and your whole family to be f- free women. And I don't know, you run out of food and die, or like, like it's it's kind of funny I, I, yeah. when when, he, when you actually see Jefferson Seven says, like no life, or it was like oh. That dude's fucked. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna yeah. be miserable.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I I something I kept thinking about. So like, so the homeless king. We think he like you said he he's subordinate to this this cult of of billionaires who want to be you know sealed in a in a tomb under the Silver Lake. Uh, in the Hollywood Hills. But but look at the materiality of that situation. And I just keep thinking about like. Uh, you know when he's talking about the coyotes, and he's like, "Coyotes are, are blessed animals." You know, we think we we own all this, but it's the coyotes. We're just borrowing it from them. And then the he's the homeless king, like guiding these these billionaires to entomb themselves in the prime of their life. Uh, I think there's something a little there's something going on there. That's it's like a little
1: revolutionary aspect there, but it's also still he's still working for yep. them, and like it's like okay. Again, this is the LA perspective. I was driving home the other day from my like, grocery shopping and I live like on top of a hill. And I got out of my car and like looked to my left and it was like, you know, you know like some like houses can be like, you know, a few feet off from the sidewalk, like up. It was like a little like retainer wall. On top of a retainer wall to my left was a coyote just standing there. And I just got out of my oh, car, wow. looked at that, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh and it like slowly <laughs> closed my door and slowly backed away and got to my house. <laughs> That's Los That's Angeles. Uh,
0: so I live, I live in Humboldt Park, like kind of uh, across from the actual park. There, uh, I think some coyotes had briefly taken up residence. We definitely heard them uh, calling in the night once. Uh, a lot of coyote stuff going on, man. Weird.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also I was you just mentioned. I mean, think of it's like when 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 Sam does call to Sarah when she's in the tomb, right? I mean, you know, Jefferson Seven was supposed to as this like. Daredevil, billionaire, like, philanthropist, so like, producing movies, riding motorcycles, doing backflips, like, doing all this other stuff. And wh- what is he, what are he and his doing? Having dinner and watching TV. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's like, they mention, it's like, yeah, yeah, you can only call in, you can't call out, because it's like, the implication that people are trying to, like, realize they're fucked and want to call to get scape. Yeah, yeah, you need to kind of, like, yeah, cut yourself, cut yourself off or like, something. it's, it's, it's such, like, you're talking about The Homeless King, like, laying these people in to be, like, you know, shut in, but, like, incredibly dark. Yeah. But, like, the end goal of this, like, massive, far-reaching, pop-culture-moneyed, what-have-you, of your harem is, like, literally just, like, stay in place and, like, watch TV.
0: Yeah, there, there's that whole thing about, like, in a thousand years they'll find it and know we are rulers. It's like, n- nah, they're gonna find... They're gonna find your skeleton with the, like the broken finger bones as you tried to claw your way out of your your concrete bunker. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, look look at reality right now. Like, I mean, Bezos and Musk, all these guys like building rockets to go space. They like one of those guys had the court was like, "Yeah, I'm doing this because I don't really know what to with all my money." It's like you won't give your workers living wages. You won't, you know, give up some of your wealth and you're gonna make it all back in an instant. It's just, it's 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 such a narcissistic thing, which this film taps into. It's like. Yeah, it mocks for, like, the the actors of spider but also it's, like, at least sympathy for them. The the rich people are like, you guys are idiots. Right.
0: right. Just that with the conviction that he says, like, you know, all this, all this stuff you care about, it's just, like, a shitty sawdust-filled rabbit. And I don't, like, I, (laughs) I just got, like, I don't know, it's, like, good, go bury yourself, man.
1: I don't, I don't know. Like, Yeah, that, I'll take that. Uh, like, if, if Paisley must yeah. disappear right now I and, mean like, entomb themselves yeah. under, you know, the Hollywood yeah. side, okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. Cause it's,
0: it's, yeah. Or, well, because, yeah, the billionaire class, they're all buying up that land in New Zealand and do, putting in their, like, apocalypse bump bunkers and stuff. Like, cool, we'll see, seal you in there and shut the vents. Like, have fun. <laughs> yeah. You're not coming.
1: You go in, you're not coming back up. I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, like, I, I keep saying, you know, either like messy genius or like pretentious nonsense, but like, it very much was like, he was like tapping into something. Like, you can't say it was like 100% accurate, because again, this is a movie with like homeless king and, you know, a songwriter who wrote every single song for 100 years, but like, there's something there, you know? And that's why I keep coming back to this. Why, I, like, and when you asked me to talk about this, I jumped at this, because I'm like, this movie is like doing something, but like, I can't, I'm amazed yeah. by yeah the, the
0: reason I keep relating it back to like Southland Tales is it does a very similar thing by by grounding it so completely in 2012 Silver Lake like it um, I mean it picked up on the sort of like sapling trends that kind of lead to 2022 USA uh, <laughs> Um, like like that that interview I'll I, I I'm gonna I'll I'll have a show notes and and link the two articles we discussed uh, or touched on in this. Um, but the 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 title of his interview is "Shadows Dancing," and he has a little bit in it. Uh, he's like, you know, yeah, I, I thought there were some pretty dark shadows in America at, at the time. So, uh, you know, he was kind of channeling like the darkness there, and then like he's like, yeah, now now the shadows are are dancing and over everything, you know. Uh, like, yeah, he picked up on a lot of stuff that sort of coming home to roost right definitely billionaire mindset uh
1: dissatisfaction um, with you know good things and desperately seeking wider you know there has to be something out there which i feel like definitely yeah, sort or of... just
0: like uh, or i mean like there's something kind of universal about you know it's both particular to sort of the the failed actor living in silver lake but also like pretty universal to the millennial experiences we all feel like you know we were promised something we we're you know we thought our lives were supposed to go one way and then something went wrong and now we're living in the wrong version
1: yeah you know? i mean there's, you know, there's, there's that, that there's line it's, he it's says it's over to grace which is fucked up at like the hipster creep is the most, like sort of like rational person in that movie
0: that line is such a double-edged sword because it speaks to sort of sam's own myopia and and maybe psychosis to some extent, but yeah. At the, at the same time, it's like yeah, we're we're a we're a generation that like you know just as we're trying to enter the job market, financial crisis, you know, <laughs> like everything's just been a series of catastrophes and setbacks. But we were we were sold a bill of goods in our childhoods yeah. that we kind of refused. Are we're we're in the process of grieving the future we were promised.
1: As we came of age, you we were promised this new tool that would give us access to the whole world and endless information, and what did we get? Echo chambers, conspiracy theories, and digital surveillance. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, just something to, yeah, absolutely fry the, you know, fry the psyche. Uh, it's it's a weapon.
1: And and this is why all those egos are hidden under the silver lake. This is why, you know, the Owl's Kiss is going to come, kill everybody who finds out, and, you know, if you see a mysterious symbol, it's this is why, you know, if you if you if you rub Gene's head and Waiter and Newton, all the answers will be there. But Homeless King will take you to the truth. This is how it works. As under a Silver Lake, is a film you should see. If you love dogs, maybe don't see it. But like maybe maybe see this and then watch Sean Wick. But like again, it's a film that's just like diving into so much and it's so well thought out, I think it's worth seeing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely opened up on a second viewing, and it's a movie that I think I'm going to return to a lot. Yeah, any any final thoughts? I think we can kind of bring this in for a landing at this
1: point. Even if you don't see, if you choose not to see it, go listen to Turning Teeth by Jesus and Rise of Dracula. It's a great song. <laughs>
0: it is a good like, tune. Again,
1: I have it on vinyl. It's like, <laughs> why not? <laughs> like, if Hell if yeah. I could ever see Civil right. Pickups perform it live, I'd be so happy.
0: Totally unrelated, but sort of my dream version of that is for Queens of the Stone Age to perform as gown and uh, play that song from Hot Rod. It's the greatest song ever recorded. Uh, yeah. Watch under the silver Lake. Great movie. Um, Nick,
1: before we go, what are you what are you working on? What do you, what do you got to promo? You can find me at my newsletter. Uh, Let's do the panic again. And Slayton. writing about movies, writing about like our fucked up time and massive inequality and everything that gives me anxiety, which is again, a reason I love this movie. After a bit of hiatus, it is back. It's back with a vengeance, trying for weekly updates.
0: Yeah, read read Nick's words. Uh, and and you got some other stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I um also on the movie note. I co-host a YouTube channel and soon to be audio podcast about James Bond and movies. It's called Other Fellas double7 Uh, check it out, subscribe, like, give it a shot. And you can find me freelancing at places like Pace Magazine, The Daily Beast, Los Angeles Magazine, and other outlets, Shelter Force included. We'll put some put some links in the show notes.
0: Um, yeah, I think uh, that'll that'll do it for for this episode, and we'll see where we go from here. Dean's head and Thanks for listening to Odds Be sure to visit oddsplace.com for all of your Odds Place needs, and don't forget to rate and review the show wherever podcasts are sold. Thanks, everyone.